Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where a group of longtime friends get together to talk about the world of video games. Today, we're talking about some video game news. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I am your host. Joining me on this episode, I have Aubrey Kimball. I'm listening to Barbie music. Subscribe to our Patreon for the context of that. Yeah, we had a wild ride in the pre-show. Uh, <laughs> she's also blonde, so check out the video version if that yeah. interests you. She's drastically changed her hair color, which... Life's yes, short. Uh, Do weird stuff with your hair. Speaking of weird stuff with your hair, we also have Dylan Wren. Hey, people. I'm not listening to Barbie music. I'm not listening to anything but the podcast. So <laughs> I have nothing you. for you. Now in your off time, you're listening to Barbie music, though. Eh, no. No, I don't even, I mean, I guess there's probably like a Spotify playlist that's just titled Barbie music. But if it's not just like Barbie Girl by what, Madonna, <laughs> then I don't know. I'm listening to the orchestrations of songs from the movies themselves. We're we're going to wow. circle back around to wow. that in the like uh, <laughs> Patreon ad here. But before we do that, let's introduce the final person joining us on this episode tonight, Joe Summer. What's up? <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> he thought long and hard <laughs> about that. What's up? I don't have a bit this time. My bit is that I've moved, but my background is still boxes. Yeah, but they're on the other side of the screen now, so oh, it's exciting. True. Yeah, don't, so also and there's check a out YouTube and a that. cow in the background. And the consistency of the lava lamp not being on will keep our viewers grounded. Exactly. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to like you know shock their systems. Introduce no, too much that's change. Too much change. <laughs> yeah, when I think when I think shock shocking someone's system, I think of Joe. Like those two things are synonymous with each other. I introduced some change. Camera. Yeah. She What what is it? I can't. It's my M7 helmet. helmet. Oh, okay. That she I spent it. too much That's money right. on. To D&D is what she wore it to? Yeah. Yeah. So before we dive into this episode, I just want to ask that if you enjoy our show, please tell your friends. It would really mean a lot, and it is probably the best way, most solid way of actually growing the show and growing our community and getting more people to listen. But also, please go check out our website, levelplayingfieldgaming.com. From there, you can find links to our social media pages, YouTube channel, and Patreon page. And speaking of Patreon... If you enjoy what we do here in this little intro segment where we talk about nonsense and bullcrap, we do an entire show of that, and it's called The Open Mic, and you can get that over on Patreon for the lowest tier that we have over there. It's just two bucks a month, where we just talk about whatever usually ends up devolving into something nerdy, whether it's Invincible or video game stuff that didn't make this show or streaming services that we never use, things like that. Uh, we also talked about Vin Diesel probably more than I have in a long time on our last episode <laughs> that went live. So, But that's not all. You also get our movie podcast over there where we sent Aubrey and Caleb to their own little corner to get their movie energy out so they would keep it out of this main show <laughs> and it doesn't work, but we tried. And speaking of Barbie stuff, Aubrey, what did you do 
recently. You did something way more uh, courageous, I guess, than I think I would do because you recorded a solo episode. I recorded a solo. Let's call it ambitious. I okay. sat down to a microphone at 11.45 p.m., put on some Barbie music and pulled up a Barbie Wikipedia article and just shared my thoughts on about the first 18 Barbie movies or so, the ones that I had actually <laughs> seen growing up. <laughs> Dylan, you now, didn't know there were so many. It's in the 30s now. So there's a part two the coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I personally stopped really paying attention to them when Kelly Sheridan stopped voicing Barbie. But Obviously. in my... In my researching of it, uh, apparently she came back, so oh, guess I got to get back into them. Wow. So yeah, that sounds interesting to you. Go check that out. We do have two episodes, one of each show, in our normal podcast feed where you can kind of get a taste of what these shows are. We have an open mic and a movie podcast, both of them some of our best content from those shows, I think, uh, the open mic we talked about. Fast food drive throughs and how long is too long to justify the wait and like that kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not very long. <laughs> Don't spoil the episode, Dylan. As I say, I recently listened to that on the Patreon feed because I do support us. Um, <laughs> and Thanks, Mom. Illusion shattered. Sure thing. On my way home from my polar bears puppy class, and there's... I don't, there's got to be some We're gonna, sort of... You're going to have to be on an open mic so you can explain those words that just came out of your <laughs> yeah. mouth. But go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. There must be some kind of sport or something that is happening in the summer that gets out at like 8 p.m. on Thursdays because mm. literally every drive through line is packed. Yeah, probably. What, speaking to that episode specifically, ironically, something I don't think I've mentioned really yet anywhere is the day after we recorded that, I picked up my kid from daycare and I had promised her ice cream from Dairy Queen. Mm. So what do we do? We go to one of the two Dairy Queens that we have within 50 miles of each other <laughs> nearby. And what do we do? We sit in a drive through for 30 minutes because I had promised her. And it's one of those things. It's like, how long is too long? But when you promise your you know, not quite three-year-old and she's not going to let you forget it. But then you also get trapped in that thing of, oh yeah, now I'm sitting stopped in a vehicle with this not quite three-year-old who is very impatient because she's two. So yeah, it was just kind of ironic because it was on my mind. And then like the very next day, here I am trapped in this drive through <laughs> waiting for something that I probably wouldn't have waited for under any other circumstances. But yeah, yep. so you messed that up by saying Dairy Queen. You should have just like vaguely said ice cream and then it's like, oh, okay. Well, I, I did that recently and we went through McDonald's and guess what? The memes are correct. Their machine was machine broken. Was down. So uh, anyways, go check out that episode. <laughs> the, the movie podcast episode is all about the Disney remakes where Aubrey spews bad takes on Aladdin, but the rest of their takes are pretty accurate on how the movie the disney movie remakes are not that great the live action ones <laughs> I don't understand this torch that you hold for aladdin i mean all the remakes are bad <laughs> but no, see, i aladdin, feel like aladdin is one of the least bad <laughs> it borders on good <laughs> no but also no. like yeah just aubrey's pure hate for it i just you know it's not whether hate her... it's just bad I would have turned it off if Will Smith wasn't in it. That's fair. 
And that's pretty bad. I watch trash, guys. True. I mean, so maybe it was just too good for your tastes. Let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there is a movie podcast as well where all of this stuff is supposed to stay. Outside of that, you also get access to our Discord server where you can come hang out with us and get our reactions to things in the moment or just random tidbits that Caleb posts out of context. All sorts of fun stuff like that. And you get unedited versions of this podcast, including the pre-show where we listen to the Nightcore remix of some of your favorite songs from the 2000s <laughs> and whatever other stuff gets cut along the way. At our top tier, you get a producer shout out and the, uh, you know, also in there as a, as a perk is the ability to request topics and stuff but like you could just do that for the hell of it like i don't care just send me a message if you want us to talk about something specific and also as far as patreon goes just send me a message if there's something on there that you're like you know i might subscribe if you guys offered this because hey we might start offering it if you want us to do a monthly community game night all you got to do is say so and we'll probably make it happen so with that being said let's go ahead and dive into this news episode so the way i see it there is one big giant disgusting fat gross elephant in the room that we're gonna spend the bulk of our time on Mm -hmm. before we dive into that though to change my elephant metaphor to a meal Let's do the appetizers. <laughs> there are so many metaphors going on right now. And something about water under the bridge and you know, <laughs> how many can we... Th- anyways, we'll throw out some we'll of the smaller... The, the large house cat in the room. Yeah. And then go to the we'll, elephant. Okay. Yeah. That works, I guess. <laughs> we have a few smaller stories that have popped up because we haven't done a news episode in... It's been a hot minute. We've had some other stuff come up. News mm-hmm. has been slow. We've had some some other things take precedence over that. And so some of this might not be the freshest news, but it is the first time we've kind of talked about it. And um, so we'll start with some of the lighter stuff, the quicker things, and then we will basically just throw it to Joe to let him drop the hammer on uh, that big, ugly elephant. So... To start out, I'm just going to throw out a couple things that I thought were interesting over the last, I don't know, six weeks or so since we've done a news episode. There's this uh, switch being made by Steam. It it seems interesting. Now, like, I've looked at it. it seems, I also have looked at it. It seems cool. But also, I'm just struggling to, I, I, like, I guess a, a game like, one of the games they showed off on it that I saw was Control. A game like that kind of makes sense because, like, you're you're using like thumbsticks, like a controller. But also, they were showing off things that were like kind of RTSC or like that kind of stuff, and I was just like, I mean, how how am I playing this on on this Steam Deck? That doesn't seem like it will work very well. And granted, maybe my conceptualization like i am a console gamer and so pretty much anything that's not an rts i play on a console anyway so maybe i'm just not the target market for this but 
I don't know. Would that make you exactly the target market? No, because I own you're, a Switch, Joe. Because you're not, you're not <laughs> like conditioned by a mouse and keyboard. Because they've they've been for a long time now working on like how to get people to play PC games without a PC. Um, Put them on an Xbox. So before before this, well, that's like that's like a whole different. It's not just put them on an Xbox. It's like <laughs> you play you play your PC library, not yeah. on a PC. And they've done things like Steam machines. They've done the Steam Link, uh, which I I own and have barely used. I keep telling myself that one of these days I'm gonna properly set it up and hardwire it into my network because I've used it on Wi-Fi uh, and it's not great. I have like the Steam controller, which was like you know I think kind of one of the first real innovations in the controller space outside of maybe joy cons innovation in a while. the steam controller sucks yeah but it's, it's got different. like the, innovation the doesn't mean it's thing. good it just means okay. it's like different. fair enough fair enough yeah. i that's fine okay fair enough i'll take <laughs> yeah. it the, the wii u is technically an innovation yeah so. like i mean nintendo and nintendo is gonna be nintendo but like sony and microsoft have been like nope this is what a controller is for the last but you bring up years. that controller joe and that that's pretty much my one like this thing seems cool like because i don't like sitting in my pc chair over my pc keyboard looking at my pc monitors to play games because i feel kind of isolated from my family i sit here to do school i sit here to edit the podcast like this isn't my fun it's a space workspace. yeah so, like, being able to take the games I have on my computer to the living room or whatever seems really cool, but the the layout of this thing looks janky to me, but I, yeah, I'll it have does. to hold it. It's the whole, like, like, we're hoping that, you know, what they learned with the Steam controller has informed their decision for this. And I don't know if this is, like, what is it? It's going for four or five hundred bucks. There are three uh, the, different tiers, yeah, and the, the lowest one I think is five hundred. No, lowest one's four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know if that's like a four hundred dollar. I want to try it, but yeah. And like, it is kind of cool because, like, it like like the Switch, you could put it next, like, plug it into your TV, basically, like, put it on the dock or whatever, right? Yeah, they said they're going to sell a dock for it. Yeah, but that's separate. You said. But it's still easier than, well, I don't know about easy. It's not cheaper, but easier than carrying your PC tower out there, routing yeah. cables, plugging it in, having your mouse and keyboard or a controller synced up out there. Like yeah. if you can just drop it in a dock and be playing whatever PC game that you were playing, like, if, you know, if I could, PC for me is like, I've come to realize is like RTS games. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I play there. Or if I were to get back in an MMO, that's, MMO games, but outside of that, like I've been playing Mortal Shell for the last like two years. You hear me talk about it. I recently bought it on Xbox. Like when I say recently, I mean like earlier this week. I've already passed up where I was on my PC save because it's just that's my comfortable gaming space. And so I just dropped a couple big gaming sessions there, knocked it out, had a good time. I also kind of knew where I was going, which helps, but. if I could moving the, the library that I have and being able to take it anywhere is like definitely the biggest selling point. And I do think is the biggest yeah, competition to the switch, but also 
I think I don't think this is like a lot of people are like oh this is the Switch killer but you're still not going to be able to play Breath of the Wild 2 no. on this thing so yeah well and it's like on the one hand I I've built up a, a Steam library over years so it would be nice to like have a chance to maybe play some of those games that I don't normally play cuz I'm just not thinking about it or I'm not at my PC but I'm not convinced that this would make me do that, you know? Like, now granted, again, maybe I'm just not the target audience for this, but, like... Who, who, Joe, who do you think yeah, the target who, audience for this who, is? Yeah, that, I guess that's my question. The, it's not the hardcore yeah. PC players. No, it's, um... Like, like, pe- the, like the people who have, you know, like, live with other people, and, you know, I could see, like... You know, if my brother got one of these, his wife would probably use it more than he would. I was just thinking spouse. Like, yeah. Like, the that's less gamer-like spouse. It's, and it was, we'll have to just, again, see how it performs in the real world. With the Switch, I had a reaction of, like, why would I ever use this in handheld mode? Like, play on a tiny screen, the controller is kind of uncomfortable. Like, just play it on, like. It's just going to be a console. Like I'm never going to use it, and it turns out that I use it almost exclusively in handheld mode, and very, very rarely dock it. So there's there's some of that to be played out. Valve has a pretty poor reputation for hardware support. Steam Machine, Steam Link, Steam Controller, they kind of just didn't do much of anything with, and those products have kind of just gone by the wayside. Uh, so I look at it as a like first wave VR. Like the first Oculus, the first Vive, those were for enthusiasts, people who are the kind of people who like to just, you know, buy the newest gadgets and, you know, use them, figure them out, figure out what's wrong with them. And then in like three to 10 years, the rest of us will reap the benefits of like what they did wrong on those first models. But I guess too, like I I, I find myself wondering, because like, Xbox is going hard into uh, xCloud. PlayStation's got remote play that, in theory, they could, like, push harder. Netflix is apparently getting into the, the gaming space, like, with streaming. So, like, on on the one hand, I, I see value in, like, you know, right now, if I wanted to play... I guess you can play Control, technically, on the Switch. But, you know, some of these other games... Like, uh, they showed in the trailer Fallen Order, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted to play Fallen Order right now, I could maybe do that on Game Pass with xCloud. But, like, there's no handheld way, really, to play Fallen Order. But, like, you could handheld play it, in theory, on a Steam Deck. But also... By the time, like like you're saying, Joe, you know, pick like most people might pick it up two to five years from now. At that point, like when these streaming services are fully out there, like will there be a reason to pick this up? Because like I guess I look at it and I'm like, I mean, I don't play it streaming all that often anyway, and the occasions that I do, I'm fine with a little bit of input delay, you know, versus spending four hundred dollars or whatever it is minimum to to play on a a handheld pc i don't know well you say handheld pc because that's the other interesting thing before we kind of move on from this they've said this thing is a pc like it won't have it initially but you you can like install windows on it you can do 
PC things, browse the internet, that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, you can't do that kind of stuff on a Switch. Yeah. It's also 30 frames a second. Joe, what do you feel about that? Mm, oh, I know. That, okay, well, are they targeting 30 <laughs> frames a second? Or yeah. it's like, yeah, they are. They're targeting that like most any game can run at 30, which is a difference from like everything on this is at 30. Well, we've surpassed my knowledge of that topic, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I, I kind of agree with you, Joe, where it's like, this does feel kind of like the the foundation, and we'll see where we go from here. I'm, I'm curious to see what reviews and hands-on impressions and things like that are like when it actually releases to the public to the wild like there have been some hands-on things with with outlets but like i'm ready to i'm waiting to see what like the actual release date impressions are and then maybe i'll get one probably not because i have enough consoles and not enough time and so you know i really don't need this thing but i do i like it conceptually and so we'll see where it goes from here we don't really need to dwell too much more on it yeah well and i i I guess another like as we wrap up, like there's nothing to have stopped literally anyone else from having made one of these, right? Like it, like you said, it's just like a PC. I'm assuming it runs like Steam's big picture mode or something. Like it's not a, it's there's not like proprietary Steam stuff, is there? Like it's it just runs a, a Linux OS, I think. Yeah, is like what Digital Foundry was saying, and then yeah, just like the Steam Store. Yeah, because like. I don't know. I guess I look at that and I'm like, I mean, if this was a profitable space, I feel like somebody would have done this already, you know? Well, I think Nintendo made it profitable Mm. again. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, the Switch kind of made other people look and be like, oh, maybe this is viable. But I don't know. that I I can see PC being a good fit for it because just all the indies and all the, like, just the vast variety of games you can play through that ecosystem – I don't necessarily see it being super viable for Xbox and PlayStation, especially when, you know, Xbox is heading towards the streaming thing where you can just play it all on your phone with, you know, like a controller apparatus or something like that to make it a handheld. So it'll be interesting to see where we go in the next few years with this kind of revival of the handheld. But the last thing that I'm going to throw out there and touch on is just we've had some game delays Ghostwire Tokyo, which was on my fantasy league, got delayed into next year. Did anyone counterpick that? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Can you? No, it, though? I, I can't. I've okay. burnt all my drops and all my money, so I'm pretty much just I'm at yes. the, because because <laughs> uh, I'm gonna lose some points on Halo. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> something something else happened. Uh, Sifu Sifu also got delayed, and and Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't have that on my fantasy league. No, but I'm, um, I'm just Caleb saying, like does. for yeah, for me, I can't do anything about it. like Caleb. If he actually gave a crap about the game, could go in and drop his games that have been delayed and make some bids and you know maybe pick up that uh, eldest souls or whatever game that came out recently that is actually reviewing really well. But yeah, uh, so yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo delayed riders republic delayed i think still in this year but later rainbow six extraction i think was pushed to next year or later this year i don't actually have the dates in front of me but i know that these are all just delays and then horizon forbidden west today bloomberg reported that it's 
It hasn't been officially delayed, but word on the street is, if you believe that schmuck Jason Schreier, <laughs> it's getting usually, delayed. He's usually right. <laughs> so, he is usually right. He's an a-hole, but he's right. Schmuck. <laughs> so he's he's saying that, yeah, that's getting pushed to 2022. Uh, Elden Ring so far is holding its date. That one, you know, we can we can look forward to. That's already in 2022. Hasn't been delayed. Somebody thought it'd be funny to put it in the dock, but... My sources say that's still coming at its release date and Dylan can suck it. So, <laughs> darn. Uh, all right. So, we are going to to go into Dylan's like rapid fire news stories that he editorialized. I'm not really going to go into detail on any of these. We're just going to like run through them. All right, Joe, start a timer. <laughs> so, first off, uh, the Olympics are going on right now. I don't know when they end and if they'll still be going on and relevant when this comes out. Uh, but the opening ceremonies were cool. They had a bunch of uh, video game music that was playing. They had like Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and they played a bunch of stuff from Monster Hunter. So I was super happy about that. More importantly, um, Soul Calibur. But yeah, Soul Calibur as well. They, I, know, I recognized I, it. I have seen stories that Nintendo music was supposed to be there, but Nintendo like pulled out at the last minute, which is why there weren't any Nintendo songs. So that's kind of disappointing. Next story I'll talk about real quick. Uh, Titanfall 2 got hacked, which made people want to go hack Apex Legends because they were wanting to complain that Titanfall was hacked. I think the issue is fixed now. I think Titanfall is playable again. Could be wrong on that, but... You know, it took a very long time. They respawn only had like two people working on it to fix it, which could have been enough. Maybe wasn't. I don't know. I'm not a programmer, but, (laughs) uh, you know, it was it was blowing up on like my Reddit and social media and stuff. People complaining about the fact that Titanfall 2 was hacked and they couldn't play it because there were hackers. And so they were like, I hate Respawn. I hate Apex. Why won't they fix Titanfall 2, a game that's like six years old? To be fair, yeah, I really do like Titanfall 2, but also like shocking why they wouldn't prioritize fixing Titanfall 2, a game with like 10,000 concurrent players, if we're lucky, over a game with millions. Um, Third, this happened a while ago. It happened like right after we did our last news episode. But there's an article out on, I think it's Kotaku, if you scroll way, 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 way back, about how place, uh, maybe even Jason Schreier initially did this. What a schmuck. But uh, he talked to a bunch of Sony devs, or a bunch of developers, and they they talked about how they hated working with PlayStation because PlayStation sucks. Um, and, and it's mostly because of those damn analog sticks being next to each other and not offset. Like, I don't understand it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you feel like reading that, go for it, because that was that was something that made me laugh. And I have to le- lean into my like Xbox fanboy persona for this yeah, um, persona. Uh, next big thing that came out, uh, there was an EA I forget what they call it. Play? EA. Yeah. EA Play. Yeah. Uh, State of Play's PlayStation. Get it right. (laughs) Wow. I really don't know. (laughs) So they they announced a couple of things. They were not, they did not announce an awesome new uh, Star Wars game for me to pick up with my final, uh, (laughs) final draft pick. I'm Uh, shocked. They've done so so much with this Lexans already. 
So, well, I was really holding out hope that maybe Respawn was going to like say, hey, Jedi Fallen Order 2 coming November 2021. And I could like swoop in and get a nice, nice points in there to offset the points that I will lose because Halo is coming out uh, <laughs> and it looks good. So <laughs> I was really hoping they would either they would delay that. But they also announced uh, a remake of Dead Space, which I think I'm excited for. I'm excited for Dead Space. I really want andrew to play it i'll watch did you did you play the original ones yeah do you like the original ones yeah the original ones are fun they are really cool games so they were like before my time so i really have no real grasp on what they are slash were yeah it's i'm trying to think of a it's kind of a resident evil like third person it's like a space horror yeah yeah in the vein of like a resident evil 4 where you're kind of like exploring the ship picking up stuff unlocking new places so it's i i like it it's fun they also talked a little bit about battlefield portal during that um which i don't think is enough for me to buy in 70 dollars to a new battlefield game when i could get halo for free but But joe someone who brought this up organically in conversation during the week this is something that like the diehard battlefield fans are definitely here for right yeah yeah like what made battlefield 3 and 4 particularly popular were running custom servers even on console like obviously on pc you can you know mod your server do whatever but even like console servers you could still rent server slots and set all kinds of like rules and whatnot on it and that's something that was missing from battlefield 1 and battlefield 5 that i think made those games not really stick around that long after they came out. And so more custom content is good because that seems to be what engages with their core player base and will get them to like keep playing. Yeah. And I can see it becoming kind of like a a platform almost or a uh, games, not a games as a service necessarily, but like something where they you don't have to worry about buying a new Battlefield game every like few years like they could just kind of like portal could kind of be their version of like a war zone or something like that where it's like this is the thing that's kind of always out it's the thing that i can see going free to play with purchasable cosmetics that sort of thing we'll see if that happens or not but maybe it will the only other thing that i saw in the ea thing that kind of stood out to me was lost and random looks like a cool little tim burton tim schaefer uh little cool game i picked it up for our fantasy critic Um, that stood out to me last time we saw it i don't know when that last e3 maybe but yeah yeah. that that looks really cool it's yeah like a very tim burton-esque kind of 3d platformer but it it seems to have a really interesting combat system which yeah I'm, i'm excited to play that one that's one that i'm i'm looking forward to like i don't think about it often like i do with you know maybe other games that are more higher profile but every time it comes up I'm I'm like, oh yeah, I really want to play that when it comes out. Yeah. So it it looks cool. I'm interested. It's coming out supposedly in September. So coming out soon. Hopefully we'll get to play it in a little bit. Uh next thing, WitcherCon has also happened since the last time we did news. Witcher season two on Netflix is coming out. As is the next gen update for consoles. Um could be cool. They alluded to some free DLC where that ties it into like TV the, show, the TV yeah. show. Uh, so, Andrew, when you replay The Witcher 3 for the 15th time, will mm-hmm. you play as Henry Cavill or will you play as regular Geralt? Regular Geralt. Okay. But uh, I, I, 
Will you put in any of the other characters if they have skins? I, I, if they have a Yennefer from the show, I would put her in. I'd definitely have Triss from the game. Uh, Yaskier slash Dandelion, if they have him from the show, I'd put him in. But I, I have been itching to replay The Witcher 3, and I'm waiting for this update because... I'm like, I'm not going to start it now. And then the next gen update comes out and be like, oh, well, t- dang, I should have just waited two months for that. But also WitcherCon was like an entire week of content. Like, did, yeah, I yeah. expected it to be like an hour long stream. Yeah, it was they had like, a lot bigger than I thought. Hours of interviews and all this stuff. And I was like, I can't watch all this. Like, there's no way. So, like, I watched the the trailer for the animated series and for season two and some of the, like, breakouts they did. But, like, WitcherCon itself was, like, two three-hour videos. Yeah. It's like, good Lord, people. This is way more than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I had to unfollow The Witcher on Twitter because it was just clogging my feet up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There, it, there is a lot of content. Netflix is also, I, I alluded to it earlier, they're also apparently getting into video games. I'm curious to see how that will work. Like, do you Bluetooth a, a controller to your TV and play it through Netflix on, on your in built-in app? I really don't understand how that's working. But they claim that they're getting it started by, like, next year. So I guess we'll see uh, in, like, a year. Joe. And your remote. The Halo Infinite uh, beta stuff is starting to come out. How's it look? I saw uh I saw articles today but I didn't have time to like actually look at anything or to go see if I could sign up anywhere. Well, that really fell flat. I was hoping you'd tell me it was beautiful uh and that Craig <laughs> the brute is uh ashamed, but I guess I guess we will see. But it does look cool. Uh Microsoft seems to have lost my beta invite. So that kind of stinks. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten in yet, but weird. Uh, I got one. Phil Spencer, if you're listening and you want to send that to me, send it to, I guess, level playing field game, level playing LPF games podcast at gmail.com. That one. Um, send that's it weird. There. That's where, that's where my invite came in. Send, I don't know maybe send like three or four there just in case <laughs> other people check that email before I get there. Um, and then, I will close this out by just saying, so this episode should be coming out August 2021, like very beginning. And so I would just close it out by giving everyone an update on the things that are coming free on PlayStation and Xbox. Um, so PlayStation Plus, uh, they've announced the the games that will be available for PlayStation Plus, um, and that is going to be Call of Duty. Uh, nope, that's July Games. Wow. <laughs> yep. Failure. It's, whatever. Uh, it's going to be Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighbor. I mean, failure, kind of like PlayStation. Plants vs. <laughs> Zombies Battle for Neighborville. Uh, Which console so, has Bloodborne? <laughs> one good game doesn't mean you're not a failure. <laughs> so, uh, we don't have time for this. We still haven't gotten to the elephant. <laughs> uh, Tennis World 2, because everybody's going to wow. want to play Tennis World. Uh, Hunter's Arena Legends. Uh, is also coming. So if any of those just sound super fun to you, I guess look at your PlayStation stuff. It kind of sounds like you could skip most of that. Meanwhile, okay, hold on, on <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I'm not biased in any direction, but if you want to look back at like the last six months of games provided between Xbox and PlayStation, now watch been, what you're about to say. A game that you are a hardcore fan of is about to be read off for Xbox's games. 
Which one? Darksiders 3. Hardcore. They j- PlayStation just released Plague Tale, which is also on Game Pass. But Yeah, Game Pass. But, <laughs> but PlayStation, like, they're... They, they're giving away like new or like higher profile games. Xbox over the last few months has been giving away a bunch of games you've never heard of or like are old. Granted, I am excited to see the tables turn because I do think it's cool for Xbox to step it up and be like, yo, here's some actual good stuff. You know, like you guys have been complaining here, take this. But you can't say that like Sony has is garbage consistently when they've been giving away like, much more higher profile triple A games and Xbox is like, here is a Xbox 360 game from like 15 years ago. Because some people still have Xbox 360s. I don't is see PlayStation giving out PS3 Pass. games. Uh, yes, Left 4 Dead 2 is on Game Pass. Why haven't we played this? We'll do uh, it for our community game night on Patreon if people want to make me do that. So. We've taken up so much time talking about PlayStation Now uh, games that we didn't get. So this is where it really matters. The Xbox okay, stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the Xbox lineup, the free games that you can get Darksiders three, uh, which comes highly recommended by Andrew. Highly it is, unrecommended it is a really by good Joe. Game. Um, yeah, don't listen to Joe. It is. A, it is a really fun game. It's like Souls Light. So if you're interested in trying that, that's going to be free if you have Xbox Live Gold or whatever. Uh, Shut up, Joe. They have Ukulele. Um, that's also coming. I think, Tom, you played that. Wasn't the, that good? Which one? Uh, it just says Ukulele. I think it's the original one. Okay. I mean, that's more like the 3D Banjo-Kazooie kind of 3D platformer, which it, I think... I started it. I never finished it. It's fun. It's decent. But I think the one that like people really actually love and I've also started but haven't committed to is the sequel, The Impossible Lair, which is more of like a Donkey Kong tropical freeze, like 2D side scrolling one that they like really knocked it out of the park with that one. The 3D one is fun. The 2D one is like actually a really excellent game so depending on which one it is either way if it's free give it a shot like if you like those old rare 3d platformers you'll probably get something out of it yeah uh they're also throwing two 360 games on there as well lost planet 3 and guru mark of the wolf which i think is a fighting game i have been Um, dying to play guru like it's about time i mean i guess if you're into fighting games maybe that's really cool um, and then Game Pass has also got some big things coming to it. If you have Game Pass, which if you have an Xbox, have have Game Pass. It's like a dollar if you don't subscribe already. Dylan um, will literally give it to you. He will pay I don't know for about your that. subscription. Phil Spencer might, though. Just um, email him at... <laughs> tweet but, at Daff Dylan. <laughs> so I don't check uh, my Twitter. <laughs> so... Uh, but there's a bunch of stuff coming. Uh, some of the big stuff that's coming, you know, Skatebird is supposedly going to be on there. Uh, nice. But also Hades is coming to Xbox. It's going to be on there for free. 12 Minutes, a game that we've talked about. Um, I think somebody has drafted it in our Fantasy League. I think it's oh, yeah. Caleb. It's either Caleb or Joe. I don't remember which person drafted it. But 12 Minutes is going to be coming. Psychonauts 2 is coming. Um, so there's a bunch of big stuff. I think Avengers, like, is going to be on there potentially. Okay. So don't, you just don't throw out a bunch of maybes. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, this is just a what's 
going to be launching. So, uh, but yeah, Hades 12 minutes and Psychonauts 2 are going to be on Game Pass for sure. And so that is exciting. If you have Game Pass, check those out. Uh, but that that wraps up the segment of Dylan really quickly runs through a bunch of new stories. <laughs> so really quickly in 16 minutes and five seconds. Now, uh, I did I did interrupt him a couple times. Yeah. So knock a minute off. 15 minutes and five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> All right. So elephant in the room. I I. Before I don't want to brush over your like super thorough investigation of the internet for good, you know, news, Dylan. I appreciate that. That was good. Mm-hmm. And I am excited about pretty much all those Game Pass games you mentioned. So that is definitely something to look forward to if you have Game Pass and if you don't, like just subscribe. It is worth it. There like you can play a buttload of EA games on there. Like and all the Gears of War, all the Halos, like anything. Uh, Game Pass, please sponsor us. Please. That being said, <laughs> Joe, you got about five minutes. Let's go through the... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We took like a 20-minute break. Patrons know what's up. So, well, before we jump into this, like... You don't we are going to dive to, uh, head first into the we, game. We, we are obviously going to be talking about the nightmare that is all of this Activision Blizzard stuff. So, like... If you're not in a space to hear that or listen to that, or you just don't want to listen to this part, Tom is going to put in some timestamps in our audio des- or in the description of this. Just skip a bunch until you hear Aubrey doing a fun game. If if this is not something you're you're in the place to listen to, uh, or don't so. let Dylan pressure you. It's also perfectly acceptable I mean, to just ma- hit done and yeah, you know exactly go to the next episode. Leave Here's us a five star like, review. <laughs> the the world is full of garbage and typically we try to keep this show upbeat positive silly relatively clean and we like to have a good time on this episode you know this is definitely something that has shaken the like the gaming community it's something that has shaken especially one of our members because you know joe is definitely deep into the the wow stuff he's into the blizzard games like this is something that's hit him at home something we felt like we should probably talk about we should probably shed a light on we should you know throw our voices into the mix this is something that it has happened slash been happening with other studios, you know, Riot, Ubisoft, some other studios have gotten in hot water, but like this is the highest profile. This has probably got the most mainstream media. This is it it's just something that should be talked about, should be brought up. We're gonna give our our take on it. Joe as someone who is like kind of in the ecosystem, and then the rest of us as someone who are just like hobbyists and have dabbled in Blizzard stuff. And we're not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do, how you should or shouldn't react to it, but we are just going to give our take. So that's what this is, and that's where we're going with this. And if at any point you need to skip ahead, feel free. Yeah, and I mean, we won't... I- I'm going to talk around some of the worst stuff. Like, th- there's stuff in that lawsuit that just I'm not repeating. I mean, 100%, what is the worst thing? The worst thing is like that one that one woman right that one lady yeah a female yeah. employee committed suicide 
after she a higher up that she was in a relationship with brought toys to like a work thing like a work convention or hotel room or something along those lines also they were passing around photos of her explicitly around the office yeah i I wasn't even gonna but that is like i was gonna leave that that is the bar like that is that's as high as it that's like no but that's still like pretty bad yeah yeah like it is, but like that's that's setting the tone, that's setting the bar, that's setting like, yeah, like on this show we like to kind of stick to funnier, sillier bits and things and talk about what we've been playing. But like when things like this are going on or whatever, and this is something that we're invested in or that we support or that we're advocates of or trying to get people into, you know, it's also important to point out the stuff that isn't so good. The things that need to change, the things that can be done better, that can be improved, that can be fixed, and hold the people responsible that are, you know, being crappy, being bad. Like, yeah, we're we're in no no bits mode, no fake, yeah. this fake is not being mad. Be, this isn't me yeah. like leaning into you know, Hamming oh, aha, I care about sixty frames a second. Like this is, yeah, this is time to you know. I don't know what the the phrase is, like lean into the mic, drop your voice a bit and be serious. Yeah, this is, this is, yeah, it's more serious. It's more just, yeah, serious is a good word. But Joe, I'm going to basically, I'm going to hand the conversation over to you. You can kind of guide it. You've put a literal metric F load of things in the doc. So just kind of guide us through. We'll interject as we feel like it and we'll, we'll, we'll get through the end of it and then we'll then we'll go back to the, your normal regularly scheduled programming yeah i watched, watched all of this unfold in real time so writing half the stuff down was just to keep my thoughts organized like i didn't have to google for any of this this was stuff that was mm-hmm. ready and at my fingertips when i wrote up the doc so we've already blown our content warning out of the water with like you know how bad this gets just for context, like everyone on this podcast has played Blizzard games. Andrew and Aubrey were mostly in their teens. Dylan has kind of been my one, like, you know, he at least kind of understands current WoW and will be my, my sounding board for, you know, what's been new. And this is primarily Blizzard, even though Blizzard and Activision are kind yes, of Yes, like there has been very little talk about anything on the Activision side. So if you're like... If you're a Call of Duty stan and like that's your one game that you play, like not necessarily, or is it is it that group of people? But you know, they, yeah. that might but be they, next may, to your they, story. They could Who be knows? having their own little thing. I'm just, yeah. it's been full focus on the Blizzard yeah, side. It's the mostly yeah, the me. Blizzard side. Yeah. Well, and this I, is the this kind of stuff happens pretty much across everywhere. Like yeah, and we'll, video we'll games, not that. video games, and so like the you know this stuff is going on. So like. But yeah, right now, yeah, Blizzard we'll is definitely at the forefront. Talk and it's more on that at a uh, bullet point yeah. 305. Yeah, yes. I do, <laughs> I do want to say off the top that I'm extremely disappointed, but not terribly surprised. I feel like about Blizzard and also, I don't want to malign any company, but I f- feel like a couple other companies, I've followed people in the gaming sphere and 
some a woman who was a model and like a booth babe and did stuff like that. And that sort of harassment is not uncommon within the gaming sphere beyond just booth babes at conventions and people not respecting their bodily autonomy. They're within industries themselves. And every so often there would be a story of like one or two women like speaking up. But I feel like I heard about Blizzard several years ago, which I think in their statement, they talked about addressing this in the past. And, um, well, there's some videos that all of that light. All of that's correct. Yeah. So Joe, take us through a timeline. So we'll we'll go go through a timeline. And for my background with Blizzard, if you're a long time listener, you know it, but for those who don't, you know, I was one of those kids who wasn't allowed to play wow as a kid. So like, wow was, you know, the forbidden apple in the garden of Eden for me, you know, this like, oh man, I wish I could play that game. That looks really cool. But I didn't play it until older. And then you played it and you cursed all yeah, humanity. I, I started playing at the very end of Mists. Like I was like 17, 18 years old. Kind of played on off here and there. I'd get into raiding for a bit and then take a break for a few months. As I, as I was in college, I would have internships and whatnot. My schedule wasn't always stable. But then a couple of years ago, I went back into it real hardcore. And it's been, especially with the pandemic, a... It's been a significant part of my life. I, If I pull up in my Discord, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, like you get the point, like, you know, over a dozen WoW-related Discords. If anybody happens to know what this means, I am a useful minion in Acherus, which is the Death Knight Discord. Um, it's, it's not like a moderator rank for the uninformed, but it's a, like, hey this person like makes useful contributions to the community they know the class really well so like they get a special rank in discord that says you know you can dm them if you have questions so it's oh and and i've been to blizzcon once so that is that is where my fanship is at so to break down the timeline last week i think it was like a thursday or friday Activision Blizzard was served a lawsuit by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing saying that they fostered a frat boy culture in which their female employees were constantly harassed and were given unequal pay, denied promotions, denied fair hiring. Uh, So the state of California is suing them uh, on behalf of the discriminated against and harassed women. So... That news broke. Blizzard's first response, well, it was Activision's first response, like the corporate entity Activision, was to basically play the like LOL, but it's California guys come up card, which didn't go over well with anybody. They they outright denied the allegations. They said that's untrue, it's false, it's outdated, denied the allegations. Like it was other than that, a pretty boilerplate statement, but that immediately set off every current and former blizzard employee who was like this statement doesn't represent us at all because once the lawsuit came forward there was like Aubrey said earlier the reaction was basically disappointed but not shocked no one was really that surprised and i mean there is still that element of like maybe denial uh, maybe some of those like especially if you were deeper into the community maybe that like i'd never seen that side of so and so but the the chief person 
named in the lawsuit his name in this article it's not alex. so i'm just gonna butcher the pronunciation of his name like yeah who cares alex afrasabi was the only person actually named in the lawsuit he has a reputation of being a sex pest his behavior was known for quite some time he is a vet at blizzard on the tier of like medicine or morheim or jeff kaplan and he was very, very quietly released from the company last year with absolutely no fanfare. Unlike, you know, Metzen left, Morheim left. It was this like big, like, oh, they're leaving. Blizzard just quietly pushed him out the door. Um, hmm. And it is confirmed that it was because of like his behavior. There's no specifics, but Blizzard was active and Blizzard was finally forced to take action and fired him. But the state of California had been investigating Blizzard for two years up till today. That lawsuit had already been going. They served it. Current former employees are basically like, yep, this this is true. This happened to us. And I guess this is the point to interject that, you know, it's not to say that if you were a woman at Blizzard, you automatically had a miserable experience. I did hear a story from one Blizzard employee. He was on the he worked on the WoW team in I think QA on a on a not one of the main content teams, but you know they had a couple of women on the team, and he said that from his perspective, the the two women were like the the mama bears of the team, and they were respected, and nobody messed with them. Um, but that's also says something that's afforded typically to women of rank and seniority. Um, and typically the women targeted are, you know, brand new. The ones who aren't established enough in the industry to feel brave enough to say anything. So that is, you know, I don't want to discount like women who have had positive experiences or to say that like everything's rotten to the core. Like it is important. It is somewhat important to keep in mind that it's like, you know, just because a guy worked at Blizzard at some point in the past doesn't mean that, like, you know, sent pictures of his junk to a coworker. But at the same time, that behavior was prevalent. And then Activision's next big misstep was someone on their board named Fran Townsend, who used to work in the White House uh, in the Bush administration. She was hired back in March, and she sent a comp like an internal company statement, basically saying like, "Oh, nothing's wrong." Like. Look at all these initiatives we have to help women. I've never been mistreated here, and this lawsuit's completely false. Also, did not go out over super well. J. Allen Brack, who is the lead at Blizzard, sent an email that basically read, How do you do, fellow feminists? It was really, <laughs> really poorly worded. You can go look it up if you want to, but he's basically just like, When Bobby Kotick first brought me onto this position, I talked about how. Growing up in my household, we had like a picture of some respected feminist in the house, and we always just really tried to respect women. Yeah, um, it was essentially the like, I have black friends, therefore I can't be racist. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a good way to put it. Also, did not go over super well, and both yeah. of those responses mm -hmm. were pretty, you know, promptly they sent were, over to Schreier, yeah. who leaked yeah, them I was from the rest say, of us. To they were they were immediately sent to Jason Schreier multiple times. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so yeah, Blizzard's dirty laundry was out there. Also, for like former people who worked at the company, so like some big names, Mike Morheim and Chris Metzen, both put out responses, and it's up to you what you make of their responses. A fact of this is in the day and age we live in, a lot of this went down on Twitter, which is kind of like a horrible place to 
tackle serious topics but it's also it's like kind of one of the best places for like a public figure who's not actually a public figure to like add their voice to a conversation so it's unfortunately on twitter and like i would recommend not having replies on if you can help it it's up to you what you make of their responses i took both Morheim's and metzen's responses as implicit admissions that they knew and didn't do enough there is like there's a mixture of denial but then there's also like they just flat out say like i'm sorry we didn't do a good enough job and it's a they knew to some extent maybe not the full extent because if and i'll avoid turning this into a whole conversation on like you know men who are abusers how they manage it how they go undetected but a part of that is they will know how you know what sides to show different people and so but i still take it as they knew um apparently afrasabi had to get physically pulled off a female co-worker at some point i don't know exactly when that was but when you get to that point you you lose any real deniability the last notable person is ghost crawler who love him or hate him when he worked on the game a lot of people have respect for he's definitely implied in all of it never as like oh yeah ghost crawler you know tried to force himself on me but definitely a he was in those circles he knew those people back then he has his own response which is just kind of a series of meandering tweets he's got his own reckoning to deal with that riot did you guys see the video going around of like a E3 panel or a Comic Con panel. Yeah, it was a BlizzCon like panel in BlizzCon. Yeah. yeah, where the yeah, the no, that is like asks if that's like, rough to the, watch. Yeah, the female characters could not look like they came out of a Victoria's Secret, and like the full panel of dudes is just like they just like laugh her off and make fun of her, and she's like, you can see the look in her face, or she's like, well, I hate these people, I feel ashamed. I hate this game. I hate this company. I'm leaving. And yeah, it's like, wow, you was... just completely alienated a fan. Like, and that was what, 2003? 2010. 10. Okay. So it's not that long ago, but still a long time ago. I mean, like 10 11 years, years ago. 11, 11 years, years ago. Yeah. yeah. And it, that, <laughs> that's a, Oof. I mean, and, and, and the, the main guy talking in that video is Alex Afrasabi. Ghost crawler was on that panel and did just put out like an unconditional, apology like no excuses you know he was there he didn't say anything that was rough to watch because when i started playing like by the time i started playing wow they were having conversations about like yeah we should probably put some clothes on the dragon aspects because like my daughter is asking why all the dragons are in bikinis all the time and like there's no good answer for that so like that was that was where I was at when I started playing. When I, when I was in college, I applied to intern at Blizzard. And that was at a point where I was like, you know, being a white guy from Mississippi at a no-name state school, I am not going to stand out at all. Whereas maybe I would have stood out. Like, the impression I got from Blizzard was that they were looking to be more diverse in their hiring. Apparently, that probably wasn't the case. But that was that was sort of the impression I had, and also just there in California, you kind of, you kind of expect like more progressive culture. But also, you know, keep in mind, think about every forum basement dweller neckbeard on Reddit who 
gets really angry about a video game and like posts 10 paragraphs mm-hmm. all those guys those are the guys who went on to make the games yeah i so, was just thinking when you mentioned that panel when overwatch came out a lot of people were excited about i believe her name is zara's design she's heavier set she's muscular she still has lots of makeup on and wears skin tight clothes but it's like a muscle tee and like cargo pants I saw so many, like, edits of people, they called it untumblerfying her, and so, like, getting rid of, like, making her chin sharper, and making her cleavage more pronounced, and, like, basically undoing the very, very mild, like, character changes to it, and it's like, that's their, that's not their target audience, but it also, like, that's who they've been catering to up until this point, and so attempts to diversify even very mildly were met with vitriol and so like yeah exactly and those are like leads into the the company culture the people producing the vitriol are the ones who care enough and are passionate enough to go make 70k a year in irvine which is not enough money to support yourself Mm -hmm. like blizzard qa people have to have like three or four roommates to make ends meet and like so those are the people who care and something I've in talking to people been reminded about a lot is that if you think back to like, I would say 2014, 2015 and before gamer bro culture was very prevalent. Something like that clip we were talking about from BlizzCon when she asks like, Hey, can Sylvanas put on some clothes, please? And, you know, Alex Afrasabi is like, well, can you imagine her looking any other way? And we look at that today and we go like, oh, that's gross. Like, the woman asking the question got booed by the audience. Well, like, she got she got cheers when she initially asked the there question. There was a mix of cheers and boos. Like, some people agree with her, but it was... But yes, it was uh, like, a, this is a much deeper conversation and maybe something we can do at some point. But like, the gaming industry started out as like basically five dudes and it evolved from five dudes and five dudes who probably like were really awkward around girls. And so like, there's just been this kind of underlying issue of just like kind of socially awkward and like bro like dude culture and now the industry is finally and probably earlier than this it should have but like it's finally getting to a point where like this isn't okay women want to be a part of this everyone should be a part of this everyone wants to be involved and the people that are at the top now because they started at the very bottom way back in the day are still those like awkward dudes that don't know how to act they shouldn't act they're not acting like they should around women or around other people like and that's not excusing anything but it's just like the evolution of where this industry came from and so now we're finally at that point where it's like okay things need to change we need to we need to make this better critical mass yeah it's it's explaining we need to to do better why you shouldn't be shocked yeah because like because i think you make a a good point like this stuff was never okay and it's never been okay but like it it was like I mean, video game, the video game industry is still very young and it has for much of its time been very insular. And so, you know, in a wider, you know, industry, uh, hopefully this kind of behavior would have been nipped in the bud a long time ago. But 
because of, you know, like you were saying, you know, a lot of the initial people making these games held these views. Uh, it's been kind of insular and attracted well, a lot of the t- same type of problematic yeah. behavior. And if you go back and you like look at video game magazine ads from the 90s, it's like either A, how extreme can we be? Like, oh, you're drinking this energy drink and spewing milk out of your nose and like skateboarding and like, oh, you're so extreme. Or how like juvenile can we be like sexually? Like, oh, there, here's a pair of boobs. Here's like, a, you know, like th- yeah. that, that was that 100% was the marketing for video games, probably into the early aughts. Like, yeah. So, like, they've been marketing to people who, then want to go work on video games and you know it, again it's just yeah, like well, joe, chainsaw like, is a game yeah. that exists yeah like, like joe well, okay yeah. don't be smirch yeah. lollipop <laughs> chainsaw okay there was I mean, a male character he was a severed head that was around her waist and, yeah, yeah that was kidding. bouncing <laughs> off her butt through the whole game yeah but like joe alluded to earlier like not everybody in video game industry does these things but a lot of them do. And well, and you can you can see at this point, like I feel like we finally reached the point where that stuff is rising to the surface and like it sucks that this is happening with Blizzard and whatnot. But like yeah. there are industry vets that are still around, still kicking, still making games, and maybe next year this this will be I'll look like an idiot, but you know, you have people like Tim Schaefer and stuff like that mm-hmm. who are names in the industry from way back that are just they just seem like cool people that like making games and they haven't gone down this path. They're not taking advantage of that position. They're not being creeps, you know, and they're just there. There are still those people from the way back that are just in it for the, the passion and the art. It's something about this industry where like, you know, the, the art and the business meet and all that, but like it is, it has, it does seem like the trend recently where, big companies are this light is being shined on them and it's like yeah. all right it's your turn well, to expose you guys yeah. for all this creepy crap you got riot ubisoft now blizzard mm-hmm. well just the 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 social like culture that is going on now you know like for the longest time the the culture the sort of unspoken rule was like if this happens to you you stay quiet like you don't want to ruin your chances and right. we've seen enough things like come to the surface we've seen enough people speak out um and share their stories that now it's becoming like okay this is you know if enough people say something if enough people don't just stay silent then or if enough people feel comfortable enough to talk about the things that have happened to them then that's where we can really see or even if you're just happen, even if you you're know? just one voice there will be a community that will rally around you and you know, you, you, you have a better chance of fighting back now than you did before. And I think a lot of that for good and bad is the internet, like for how toxic and how like review bombs and shaming and awful the internet can be. There's also the flip side of, you know, if someone comes out and voices like this happened to me, this is my story. This is what like there are people that will rush to their aid and defend them and support them. So, you know, good with the bad kind of yeah. Situation. And generally, the the bro culture is on the is on the downward trend. I mean, it's it's not gone. The primary audience of console and PC games 
is still teenage boys um slash mentally teenage boys you know you, you don't necessarily stop being a teenager the moment you turn 20 yeah you know mobile games that's the whole different like oh yeah th- they're the average target is 30 year old soccer moms but that's a conversation for another day well um, you say that but then you also have like kate upton ads for your <laughs> mobile games and but yeah, yeah those and are, so those yeah. are just trying to so, and, and money all, all of that is to say that's mostly just an explanation of where this all stems from and why it shouldn't be too much of a like anyone who's really like shocked about this is had their head in the sand maybe has had their head in the sand or has maybe not examined their community thoroughly or is is sliding into the i don't want to get like too too like aggressively feminist on this or anything along those lines I am biting my tongue about a lot uh, just because I don't want to turn this into a rant per se, but there is a pretty direct line between a lot of gaming lobbies, Counter-Strike, online Call of Duty. Like I see videos of young people who just get caught up in flaming other people, trash talk, just vitriolic language, awful misogynistic racist all like these kids get caught up in it and it's a direct line into incel communities hateful community like it is it is an easy slide because they target the nerds that's their target audience gamers and nerds and stuff and people who feel left behind by society or underserved and in this game you're the hero you're big you're bad you're tough feel threatened by women moving into the space or more normies moving into the space. And all of a sudden they're not special for being the underdog anymore. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking of like the movies back in the eighties, like revenge of the nerds or weird science. And like those nerds were just as creepy and uncomfortable as the abusive jock characters. Like you, you buy into this narrative that it couldn't be you because I'm not, I'm not a bully. I'm not big and bad enough to be a bully. I'm just ribbing with people or I'm sarcastic or whatever. It's like, no, you're, you're mean. You can be little and be mean. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, and, and there's a, there's a big difference too between being like awkward around the opposite gender or the gender of your preference or whatever and just being like, a creepy pervy person like Mm -hmm. that's that's behavior based that's not just being like you can be awkward and still respect other people and when and you know like so i I do want to you can you can meet with your female coworker at like the coffee pot and be like freeze up and be like ah I don't mix my personal life with my professional life and like walk away. And then you can participate in something Blizzard did called a cubicle crawl where you would like crawl through the cubicles and like under legs and chairs and just weird stuff yeah and it's important to touch on that like it starts in the communities aspect and that you don't sit there and say oh well it's just a couple of like power tripping guys it's important to like and and wow specifically has been grappling with this for the last couple of years because the high-end wow community is a cesspool and that's the and over the past couple of years, it's hit a point where that's like, this is quite no longer okay. High-end rating is now like an event on Twitch. So your raiders, you know, 
dropping racist copy pastas into chat is like no longer a thing that flies. There was one guild a year ago where it came out that one of their raiders raped someone and they didn't do anything. She filed a police report. She told the org. The police report came back inconclusive, as it does in a lot of those cases. And so the guild basically just turned a blind eye and said, like, well, the police didn't find anything. I guess this is okay. And then the girl, I can't remember exactly what happened, but the girl's story got out onto Twitter and everybody associated with that organization cut ties with them. And that that's its whole own story, but it's a lights being shed on it. Which I think is fundamentally a positive sign. Like Andrew was saying a little bit, it's an it's a acknowledgement that the audience is growing as people move in and push and force these kind of very painful growing pains. The fact that the community will no longer empower these people to continue to do these things. I don't know how successful it was, but there was a strike. Um, Activision Blizzard strike. They yeah, they staged a walkout on Wednesday, right? Yeah, it was Wednesday. the twenty eighth. Yeah, it was a walkout, and then they asked people to not play any of the games that had online service. I don't know how successful it was. It happened pretty quickly. There was not a lot of time to get the word out, but not that I was playing any Blizzard games anyway. But <laughs> and this kind of stuff also happened at Riot a couple years ago. Well, it's not still happening at, at Riot. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe, I'm not sure like what has changed at Riot, if anything, like if they're so, a better so company Riot to work for. Has, so Riot was basically same deal, that bro culture, no, nothing quite as heavy as what was named in the Blizzard lawsuit, but it was like bro culture, discrimination, right. withholding promotions. Um, it was a private lawsuit brought forward by a group of women Riot's been trying to settle with them out of court, obviously, like just the general corporate upheaval. And then several months ago, again, Department of Fair Employment and Housing stepped in and basically said, no, you can't just quietly settle out of court. Us, the state, are going to take you to court. Like you can't you can't use forced arbitration to make you keep your employees out of the courts like we're going to take this case. So that's ongoing. It's much less high profile. But yeah, yeah, Blizzard, they did have their walkout. There, there, there has been some unfortunate stuff with that, though. One of the... So, so one of the like high profile community members, he's a streamer who leads one of the World First guilds. There's two guilds that are like neck and neck with each other for World First. He leads one of them. He is a decently big wow streamer not the biggest but like has a decent audience and he some people don't like his attitude because i mean he is good at what he does that comes with an ego he does occasionally ruffle some feathers but his takes on like what matters are generally good and like he took to his stream i think yesterday and laid out like he basically just said stop being weird um which is his way of putting it like when they did their most recent race to world first they had an event they had casters um they do this thing they go to a a facility in i think dallas and like one of their casters is a woman whenever she was on camera he talked about like the comments mods had to deal with they would go on break and they would have a camera like in the meal room and she would like sit at the table with the raiders and like have lunch with them and mods would have to like 
filter out horrible comments about her. And so he's like, stop with this. He's like, this is where this all starts. Um, and also said, stop harassing people who aren't boycotting Blizzard, specifically streamers. Not every streamer stopped playing on Wednesday for some of them. It's like, don't don't sit there and say, hey, you give up your income to make me feel better. Or there's one guy, he's leveled like 50 or 60 warriors. Like that's his thing is he levels warriors and he's really fast at it. And he is openly autistic. Like wow is how he copes with that. And he got harassed because he's like, I'm still going to play WoW because WoW is how I cope with my real life problems. So he also had to like stand there and say, it's like, yeah, I took the day off of streaming. It's also not a big deal for me to take the day off of streaming, but like, don't, don't harass people because they're still streaming. Cause like, wow, is their escape or wow is part of how they make their income. Like, you know, basically I yeah, just stop being weird. Um, well, and that, that also brings up the whole argument of, okay, so the, I was going to ask you to kind of highlight some of the last few points you wanted to, and then I was going to po- pose you the question of like, what do we do about it? Because that also brings up the point of, all right, so say you boycott Blizzard, you stop playing their games, like you're trying to send a message to the the you know, the, I hate the expression, but like the 1% at the top, but like, what of what about all the people who are literally just programmers or literally just coders or literally just artists that are just, they're doing it for a paycheck. So like all of a sudden, like that's the argument that comes up. It came up in the cyberpunk stories always. It's like, okay, so if you boycott now, all these people who aren't like garbage people who are just like doing their job to provide for their families, you're not supporting their game. You're potentially holding back their bonuses or their salaries or whatever. So it's like, it, it becomes this kind of deeper issue of like, what yeah. do we actually there's, do about There's no this? right. Like each yeah. person has to decide for themselves if they want to keep buying and playing Blizzard games. It, like if any boycott, I, I don't think you can really like be like, I'm boycotting this and anybody who doesn't boycott it is terrible and bad because that means they're supporting this like if you feel like you if just like spending money on blizzard products is horribly distasteful to you go for it like you know if it whatever helps you sleep at night if you look at that and you just go i don't see what difference i'm making by boycotting or i'm not ready to give it up that's also perfectly fine that's just kind of a like whichever one helps you sleep at night yeah, because like there's no necessarily right or wrong answer for us because we're not the ones that are necessarily going to make any sort of difference at Blizzard. Like the the play, the space that we can make a difference is like around ourselves, you know, like whether or not you play WoW, whether or not you play Diablo, whether or not you play Overwatch, like, you know, you can some of those games like you've bought and it's a one-time purchase. Some of those are subscription based. You can decide whether or not you want to continue giving your money to blizzard or not. You know, you can just like decide whether or not to make your voice heard and continue to like hassle blizzard to do better or not. But I hope everybody like looks around themselves and tries to like make around yourself better. Cause you know, nothing that, you know, if Joe unsubscribes to wow, 
yeah, they're losing out on like 15 bucks a month, probably less because you probably subscribe to WoW for like longer periods of time at once to get the cheaper rate. But like, you know, it Blizzard is a is a multi-million, maybe billion dollar company, you know, like it's it's not impossible to hurt their bottom line over this, but will it? I don't know. But you can change the space around you. You can pay attention to like your female coworkers, your female friends. You can see what's going on around them. You can, you know, step in like because because that's the other thing is like, yeah, not everybody was sexually harassing. It's probably a minority of people at Blizzard were sexually harassing female coworkers. But there were, I guarantee, were a lot of people who saw a female coworker get harassed and just kind of did nothing about it, didn't say anything about it, didn't step in, you know. And that's not quite the same as doing it yourself, but you're also perpetuating the culture and allowing it to continue, you know. And we do that all the time around ourselves, too, you know. And so, you know, that I guess that's my take on it is like whatever space you're in, whatever industry you're in this is going on this kind of stuff happens like aubrey i i'm you don't have to share if you don't want to but i'm sure you have experienced sexual harassment in your job like oh almost um, constantly and so you know that that kind of stuff happens it happens to one of our own you know granted we're not at the nursing home to see it happen and step in and try to you know but yeah, um well. it, the point is like it's going on around us you know we we're not going to necessarily make a big change in Anaheim, California, but we can sure as hell make a big change around ourselves. So I don't know. That's my take. Yeah, on that, it. that's that's generally my take with, and just generally when you talk about you know morals of corporations and do you support them? Da, 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 my whole thing is fo- focus on what I have power over, and that's like we could fill like three open mics talking about you know ethical consumption and sexual harassment to, but to, to move things along because I don't think Andrew wants this to be a three hour episode um, <laughs> especially not with an hour and a half on this topic yeah I yeah. don't know that this is so going to draw in to the speed, same kind of numbers that the to other, get through wow, the rest of the, the bullet points um, yeah Joe you be, planning on going down each of your bullet points individually here <laughs> We're going to speed through some of this. Okay. Um, I'm starting the timer. I mean, we, we really, we, we've talked about the sexual harassment pretty in depth. Um, the last really damning thing is what they called the Cosby suite. Yeah. Um, which was a hotel room at BlizzCon with a picture of Bill Cosby in it that they would stock with all kinds of alcohol. And kind of the rumor was that it was a networking, like, come on in. But then also, like, other rumors where that's, you know, execs are doing hookers and blow. This was in 2013, so, like, Bill Cosby hadn't yet, like, gone through all that. So there's plenty of debate on, like, did they know? Apparently it was an open rumor that Bill Cosby was a rapist well before that. They claimed that it was just, like, a play on the ugly sweater and, like, some dumb thrift shop painting, whatever. But it's just, like, really takes away any shred of doubt on the, like, no slimy behavior was happening. Um, Which, by the way, just slimy behavior happens at BlizzCon. It's not in, like, a legally wrong sense sometimes. Like, it is legally wrong when, like, employees get involved. But there's also just, like, 
whole lot of substance abuse and sex going on at BlizzCon. Now, I didn't see any of that when I went because I went, it was like just me and like a couple of guildies, but plenty of stories of like what goes on at the Hilton or what goes on at like the Airbnbs that guilds will rent out. It's, it's the same as like any big party. Nerds aren't any different from other people when they have a party. Activision Blizzard, a potential class action against them because their share price dropped by about $10. And so the ambulance chase chasing law firms have been like, did you lose $100,000 or more on Activision Blizzard stock? Well, we'll sue them for you. So it's like, it's moderately bad, but it's also like they're ambulance chasers. The other big deal is that Jason Schreier had another piece in the works before all of this broke that he put out like a couple of days later. It's just the timing of things. But it was basically a, a kind of like an expose on what happened with Warcraft 3. Basically, the Activision was like, Warcraft 3 is not going to be a big hit. We want big hits. We want Blizzard to make us more money. One um, of the biggest, best RTSs. Not going to be a big hit. Okay. Yeah. Well, Move not, on. yeah. So, <laughs> so there was a lot of corporate interference on yep. the project and explaining why the game mm. came out and was just awful. And then some stats about how, like, basically Blizzard doesn't make enough money. They're not profit efficient enough, which is true, by the way. Blizzard makes Activision less revenue than any of the other subsidiaries. Like, but no, Activision, the Activision subsidiary, all their game studios, bunch more money. King, King makes Blizzard all makes Activision Blizzard all their money. Yeah, they have Global games. Activision has Blizzard for the name recognition, not for the money. Well, except recently they decided they want more money out of Blizzard. Yeah, which is which, like a whole nother conversation yeah. about like the say, other they've converted like of all of their studios to Call of Duty at this point. So it's yeah. like yeah, and, and but again, basically they said Blizzard uh, only about half your staff is game devs; the other half is support staff, producers, customer support, QA, CMs. But like Ubisoft has eighty five percent game devs and like not so many support staff. We're gonna change that. The share of microtransaction revenue isn't high enough. The share of mobile revenue isn't high enough. Activision wants to change all of that. Mm-hmm. So and again, outside of like moral decay, yeah. just the decay of the company is ongoing. Yeah. Again, the point, like Blizzard is still profitable. It's just not profitable enough, apparently. No, Bobby needs a third yacht. Yeah. So again, that's another whole other conversation. But, tune in next uh, week. Yeah, tune in next week. Um, and so We're all of this has resulted for an open in mic. that'll be great. Yeah, a decent exodus from WoW because WoW isn't good right now. Yeah, WoW is really kind of rough, and the only people who are really still playing it are the hardcore raiders. Final Fantasy fourteen is just feasting upon the dro, and I guess New World too or feasting on the droves of casual players who have quit the game. No one in my guild has quit over this, but I have talked to several people who aren't in my guild who did like be like, nope, that's it, I'm done. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. Most noticeably, a content creator named Preach, who is well-known in the WoW space. He's been around, I think, since the beginning. He's been making content the whole time. He's got his own little company. He streams. His guild disbanded in the last raid tier, and then he announced that his company is done covering WoW and partially cited the whole 
the sexual assault and all of that was like it's like that's the last straw but he spent most of the video talking about how just the game is bad um like real bad the content they're making is just it's not well thought out the systems are really bad the systems are hostile to the players and i will i'll talk this at a high level because this won't mean too much to you guys but the <laughs> system in the new patch was a, a the new gem system you collected three of the same gem and you got a bonus well right before the patch went live they massively overtuned that set bonus they made it scale up they were given pretty clear feedback this is too strong they ignored that feedback it went live it turned out yes it was too strong the raid was cleared within a week which generally most most well-tuned raids take a week and a day a week and a half so it went down really quickly it was overtuned it felt really bad because if you didn't get your set if you don't have your set bonus done yet it feels really bad because people who got lucky and did get it are doing 10 to 15 percent more damage than you for no other reason than just they got lucky and got the drop so it's it's a pretty bad system and then while all of this drama was going down a senior system designer just middle of the day pushed a 50 percent nerf to it which is like a just every player their damage and healing is cut by five percent just out of nowhere no warning you have to relearn fight timings like and uh he is unfortunately pretty vocal on twitter and was out there and basically said oh sorry i was tired and accidentally pushed that to production <laughs> just finger slipped guys whoops um, never admit that that's not the test server uh, yeah basically and was like oh whoops and people bad. were upset because they were like there was absolutely no warning about this like you know guilds are like our entire strategy has been we have to redo shifted it shifted by five because yeah like this is just fair this is like enormously bad they reverted it within about half an hour and then blizzard came out today and said yeah we're not going to go forward with this nerf at all they actually are going to buff a couple of the sets <laughs> they went from a 40 percent nerf to a 45 percent buff on something which is just a really bad look and makes it look like they don't know what they're doing at all no um, super reactionary yeah it's super reactionary and it's unfortunate because it makes the raid it like it makes the raid significantly easier Basically, the consensus is if you can get past the sixth boss, you're set. The sixth boss is the is the wall. Normally, the end boss is the wall. So, it's and so this this guy preach that was the main thing he talked about in his video of like we have seen Blizzard. This is the mistakes they've made. They've been making. This is just on a new scale. So wow is bad. Which brings me to my final point. Have you tried the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV that has a free unlimited trial up to level 60, including the <laughs> Heavensward expansion? So you're a, you're a Final Fantasy boy, not an Elder Scrolls boy? Uh, if I do pick up another MMO, it probably will be Final Fantasy because they, they are having like a real good moment right now. They've been um, having a good moment yeah. for like their last few expansions. Yeah, yeah I hear well, nothing but good things about it. Their new expansion is coming out somewhat soon, and they have a Death Knight esque class, 
most people who are done with WoW have gotten a Final Fantasy. I certainly recommend if you're a casual MMO player, go play Final Fantasy. If you want to raid play WoW, WoW up until this last tier has been undisputably like at the top of challenging PvE content. But if you're just a casual player who wants to dress up and do quests and like collect mounts and like all those fun things, go play Final Fantasy. And if you want a, like a kick-ass story, apparently, like Final yeah, Fantasy. That, oh is- yeah, oh yeah. Wow, lore sucks. That's another open mic. <laughs> wow, lore has gotten like WWE levels of <laughs> god awful. Wow. <laughs> it is like I checked out in BFA. I was just like, yep, they can't write a story anymore. Okay, that was fun and interesting, but I'm kind of done. But even then, still as just a casual observer, you like, a new cutscene will come out, and you'll click on the Wowhead post, and you'll go, wow, that is just truly tremendously bad. Wow. Like, I need an Owen Wilson sound effect. So, yeah, Final Fantasy is going to, like, probably surpass WoW in subs by the end of the year, if I had to guess. Yeah. Do you think we'll point, know? Do you think nine, we'll know that, or will they? No, just because never Blizzard doesn't it? doesn't. Yeah. Ever, they haven't put out sub numbers in a very long time. We have rough estimates that WoW is between one and two million subs, but that's that's just an estimate. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> low. When we all when, like we when, played. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say when we all played, it was what like nine to eleven. Yeah. Million? It's yeah. it's like very that. peaks and valleys, like. Mm-hmm peaks really hard at expansion releases and then little peaks at patch releases uh, because all games are seasonal now not play all the time except monster and so oh uh, monster hunter seasonal too unless you're dylan so all right so let's let's put a pin in this for now i'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about this or bring this up but yeah i want to i want to pass the mic to aubrey one last time as you know you know, we joke about her being our diversity hire and all that kind of thing. But like, you know, as the one female on this panel right now, you know, as uh, that voice, if you have anything else that you want to say as we close this segment out before we kind of, we wrap it up for now and we, we wrap up this episode, you know, Aubrey, anything that you want to say? I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I don't play games online. And the community largely is the reason. A lot of online games are competitive, and I don't like those on the outset. And maybe it's just what I see because the algorithms are like, you like seeing, you know, strong women clap back at a-holes. And so I do see a fair bit across different sites of just people flaming and being unkind and whatnot. If I had to leave... If I had to wrap this up with something or if there was something I wanted to get across, it would be if you notice this behavior in yourself, if you notice it in your friends, if you see them being unnecessarily hostile to people or even, let's be honest, gatekeeping is annoying as hell. Let me wear a Star Wars shirt without asking me to name Darth Debus or whatever. Like, <laughs> I get that you love your hobby and I... I love my hobbies too but nobody can take that from you nobody's gonna take it from you and the more kind and welcoming you make your community the more inviting it is the more people you get the more resources corporations will pour into it it's a win-win-win across the board so if you see your friends acting like a darth Debus, 
Call them out for it. Nobody wants to be around that. And if you catch yourself doing stuff like that, don't beat yourself up. Don't self-flagellate. Don't carry on. Just determine to do better. Be kind to one another. And you'd be surprised at a fundamental foundational level how much control you actually have over your community and the kind of changes you can push. Yeah. yeah. Do better is, you know, just in general, a good, good mantra, yeah. something to, to think life. about, something to do. Just you know, yeah. try to do better, be better. Be well, nice. and I, I think you make a great point. Cause you know, just by like the nature of exponential growth, you know, like if the four of us, you know, call out poor behaviors when we see them and we get other, you know, a few other, like somebody sees that and they start calling it out and the people they see, you know, it's only like four or five generations of that, like before pretty much everybody is getting called out. So, you know, do better. Yep. I think that's a good way to sum it up, Aubrey. And you have more power than you think. Don't, don't Mm -hmm. think you're powerless in this situation. All right. Well, Y'all want to play a game? Yeah, let's uh, sure. shift shift gears drastically and move into our closing game for this episode. So, for this episode, Aubrey. We're what gonna, you got for us? We're going to play a game that Andrew described to me vaguely from another podcast. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I was prepping synonym roll, and I have a handful if this kind of bombs, if we just want to do a, a bonus. Yeah, okay. So don't make me out rolls. to be the bad guy. I'm just like, you know, synonym roll is like the no. one we always fall back on. So Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know... I personally, some of my greatest laughs have been from Synonym Roll. It it does create a lot of like debauched bush pig, yeah, inside jokes like that. So yeah, we're back to our bits, people. We're back. (laughs) So what we're going to be playing, it's not quite as detailed as the games Dylan comes up with, but I have before me a list of 13 actors and voice actors. I tried to keep this within kind of a general sort of nerdy, like our kind of brand of pop culture. There's one on this list that I think maybe Joe has a shot at. And that's (laughs) only because we like recently (laughs) talked about this person. And like, so. So one out of 13 Joe has a shot at? (laughs) No, no, no. That only Joe has a shot at. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Only Joe. Only Joe. That's not how you phrased it. (laughs) No, there are a handful, I think, that are kind of gimmies. There are a handful that um, are kind of deeper cuts. And then there's th- th- there's one I'm just really not sure about, uh, but I threw them on there. So what? So, right. so you're you eight? are going, we're going to take turns. Okay. We're going to pick a number, one out of 13. And I will give you the name of a actor or actress. I will then pull up that actor's page on IMDb. And you have to try and guess the top five, like the five listed things Projects, under their yeah. filmography. Okay. All five or any of the five? Any of the five. You get a point for each one that okay. you manage to name. 
And then what, your first miss here done? Let's do three misses. Oh, so gracious. Being a little generous, I'm just... I mean, voice voice actors and actresses have a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so you've got to pick five out of three to 500 projects that they've done that like (laughs) IMDb is like, yes, these are what they're known for. Okay, I, I understand now. You get that one kid that was a Ninja Turtle and a Teen Titan. And a- <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is my special interest, and Caleb would also do good on this. So, like, who? Caleb, Caleb does good in, in general. True. <laughs> so, we'll start with Dylan. Okay. Pick a number one through 13. Uh, seven. Damn it, Dylan. Oh, it's my <laughs> number. <laughs> Lucky, right. there's an order. It was one or seven. I, I almost was just like, one. Seven's <laughs> a lucky number. I know. Dylan, your actor yes. is... Troy Baker. Oh. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to get these. Come um, on. There's so two give me, obvious ones. Okay, I mean, so there's four up here under the known four. There's four under... Yep. Um... Troy Baker is the guy from Uncharted, right? Nathan Drake, is that who his name is? Oh, my God. (laughs) You idiot. I don't know. So that's one miss. Okay, so that must be the other one that I can't think of the name of right now. Um, I'm sure he'll come up, so. Handsome Jack, is that Troy Baker? No. Yes. No, he's. No, he's the protagonist in Bioshock. In that. um, No, Borderlands. The Borderlands. That was the Borderlands. Yeah, in the Borderlands thing. Tales from Borderlands. He's Tales from the Borderlands. The character yes. you play as. He's uh, the character Reese? you play as. Yes, not Handsome Jack. Okay. So that's another miss. <laughs> it's also Tales from the Borderland is not in it's his not top four. It's not one of the things that he's known for. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. Um, so you got one more miss. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Troy Baker, huh? Huh. Um, Most prolific voice actor in all Joel? Gaming. Is he Joel? He from is the last Joel. Of us? There you go. One point. Now, how could you capitalize upon that? Uh, Probably The Last of Us Part 2 or whatever it's called. He's also Joel in that. There you go. Not in his top his four. Clubbed oh, in. Okay. I thought the, that the, was a leading question, there. Your Honor. I would like to throw out that that was one of Andrew's guesses and not mine. I thought they'd both be there. I'd like you to point out that it. you thought that he was a completely different person. I don't. I get him and the other one that I can't think of the name of mixed All right. up. So uh, since this one was so painful, I'll let the other guesses? two. I'll okay. let the other two take a crack at naming. You've got three potential choices. Since you led him with Last of Us Part Two, Andrew will let Joe go. That's Just fine. one though, because that was Just my only guess. guesses. It's actually in his top three or four, though. Um, I don't suppose they have Full Metal up there, do they? They do not. Ah. Greed is not listed. He was Greed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In Brotherhood or just regular Full In Brotherhood. Huh. He was not the prince. Yeah. But yeah, he was Greed. Okay. Andrew? I don't know. This dude, he's got so many voices under his belt. I'm just going to throw out Death Stranding. No. Mm-mm. no. So the top four up there, The Last of Us as Joel, Bioshock Infinite as Booker DeWitt. 
Oh, I was uh, gonna maybe say that, but I thought we like it was off the table because we said it already. I played Bioshock Infinite before I knew voice actors. <laughs> he was the Arkham Knight or Jason Todd in Batman Arkham Knight. What? Uh, Jason Todd's the Arkham Knight. <laughs> you also I'm never gonna Joel go back getting to his that head game. clubbed in. So yeah, just keep yeah. on spoiling things. And then he was Samuel Drake in Uncharted for A Thief's End. Nathan Drake's brother. Ah, uh, I haven't played that one yet. Well, hey, guess what? Samuel Drake and Nathan Drake's brother's in it. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Didn't know who voiced him. Alrighty. Well, I'm not going to do well. Do I get any points? Do I you get got one, one point? point. You got okay. The Last of Us. All right. Gart. Gart. It's a wild reference for you. <laughs> All right, Andrew, pick a number. Damn it. It's my turn. <laughs> uh, Three. Three. All right, Andrew, your voice actor is Tara Strong. I had a feeling it was going to be Tara Strong. For some <laughs> reason, that voice, that name just came to my head, and I you heard know the voice name. actor or actress, and you were like, I know that one, but I could not tell you what she's in. Uh, Lollipop Chainsaw. Let's give IMDb a second to load. It's not going to be a top. <laughs> She might be in it's it, but not. it's not. Uh, is this just this games and shows and movies and anything they've ever been in? Yeah. Or is it just game? Uh, I know the cast of Critical Role, and that's loads. it. <laughs> so. Okay. <laughs> it is not Lollipop Chainsaw. Okay. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> she was not in that. Gah! Teen Titans didn't make the cut. Good lord! Oh, that's it. I know that's three. Raven. So known Did for we get guesses. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, Dylan. Uh, World of Warcraft. No. <laughs> Thought maybe she did like an extra voice or was Janna yeah, well Jana. known. For she might be in voice. World of Warcraft, but that's not one of her top four roles. Batman the animated series. No. She didn't yeah, actually right. take over for the voice of Harley Quinn until the games. Ah, hmm. uh, Arkham games. Which wouldn't have gotten you any points anyway, because top four she is known for. Batman the Killing Joke. Okay. She voiced Barbara Gordon. The Powerpuff Girls. She was Bubbles. Mm. My Little Pony, Friendship is oh, Magic. She was Twilight Sparkles. And Fairly Odd Parents. She was Timmy Turner. Oh. I remember this. I remember oh. Timmy Fairly odd parents. <laughs> All right. All right, Joe. Still a zero, though, Andrew. One. Shut up. One. <laughs> All right. I don't know if this is better or worse for you, but. They're all probably equally terrible. If you get the one that Dylan couldn't remember earlier. You get Nolan North. There he oh, is. There you he got is. Him. Nolan North. I already so named you, you should a bunch have of his an, stuff. <laughs> an instant guess right Uncharted. off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Watch that not be one. one of the things that he's that's known one. for. No. Nolan North has been in about 150,000 <laughs> yeah. things. So Yeah. He's, now I'm just yeah. going to guess. I was going to say, I have one random. guess beyond that, but I don't yeah. know if it would be in his uh, top Far Cry? No. Grand Theft Auto? No. 
Borderlands? No. Who gets to guess now? Uh, Dylan, you went first last time, so Andrew. Gives me more time to think. Batman? No. Didn't he Who play a Batman, been in though? Batman? Was he not the Batman in... Uh, Maybe in the... Arkham um, Origins? No, that was Troy Baker. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he was Batman game. and the Joker in Arkham Origins. Troy Baker was? Yeah. God, let somebody else have some jobs. <laughs> what a... All right, Dylan. Um, c- Cyberpunk? <laughs> no. I'm trying to go with recency bias. He was probably... Uh, <laughs> Commander was Shepard, he? wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. No. Okay. It was Mark Muir. Okay, well, I didn't know that. Or more importantly, Jennifer Hale. So, top four listed. Joe got one. You guys yep. are going to hate this. Uncharted as Nathan mm-hmm. Drake. Yeah. Are they all Uncharted? No. Okay. Con Man. A series that, that um, Alan Tudyk actually produced oh. and made about like some guy trying to. It's like a web series, I think, mm-hmm. about a guy yeah. at conventions and like that's how he makes his money or something because he's mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Pretty Little Liars as Peter Hastings. What? These are his top. Have heavily favored his live action roles and Star Trek Into Darkness. He had a cameo in Star Trek Into Darkness, and that's what they put in his known for. Wow. What What video games is he known for? (laughs) Uncharted. Besides that. Let me see. Let me pull up his his filmography. I'm not used to doing it on. He's been doing a lot. Well, he's Desmond Miles. Ah, that's that would have been a like that's a top video game credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because see, like, there's a lot of video games. I feel like that Nolan North is in there. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's like in a little bit of everything. He was Connor Kent in Young Justice. That's probably when I know him from. Had a handful of roles in Voltron, Legendary Defender. Mm -hmm. He's been the voice of Superman in the Lego games. I'm surprised both he and Troy Baker aren't like have like uh, forefront characters of invincible mm-hmm. like th- that seems right up their alley and i don't think either of them are in it he yeah. was in uh middle earth shadow of war oh okay he see. was he was the elf right yeah he was, he was, he was a sealder and terrandor zog dot 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 several oh he mm. was a bunch of voices <laughs> yeah yeah i mean well you get all right so are we going to do all 13 of these uh Probably We've not. We've got to go at least another round because Joe and I are tied. <laughs> at one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got so many good ones here. All right. Who went last? Joe? Yeah. yeah Dylan, back to your Dylan. turn. Uh, 13. Let's go around one more time. Okay. Dylan, I think you got a shot at this one. Is it a cast member of Critical Role? No. <laughs> well... My faith is failing. <laughs> yeah. The actor at number 13 is Alan Tiddick. Okay. Firefly. Yep. Okay. Uh, shoot. I can't think of the name of it. Can I describe what it is for sure. credit? 
okay, that new show that he's in where he plays the alien in the small town in like Alaska. Um, that's not where. That. Okay. That's fair. Dodgeball. Nope. What? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, he's somebody in the Avengers or Marvel something. Who does he play? You came out so confident. Well, he's definitely in. He's definitely in Firefly. I don't think they would also put Serenity up there. I could guess Serenity, but he's also isn't. I think he's somebody in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, no, he's not. He's K two S O in Rogue One. That's what I'm thinking. There of. you go. Okay, two points. I'm pretty sure he is also in Marvel somewhere, but you I get can't to keep remember. guessing. I know. Um, he wasn't in Doctor Horrible. Um, I don't know that that's anybody's top four. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Serenity because I can't think of anything else. Alan Tudickson. Not Serenity. Okay. All right, Jill. Can you think of Two. anything other than Firefly uh, and uh, uh, Moana? <laughs> Moana, uh, good guess, the, but he's no. the bird, the chicken, right? Hey, hey, was not one of his top credits. Wow, shocking! I don't right? really fully know who this guy is, but was he in a Knight's Tale? Oh, yes, he, he was. was in a Knight's Tale. Is that one yep. of his top credits? Yes. <laughs> Give me nice. that point, son. Do I get he was also the robot in iRobot. I'm looking at this now. I forgot <laughs> nice. that that was, a, that was him. This wasn't the guy who passed away that was in Star Trek. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That was well, the in, Chekhov. In... Chekhov, okay. Yeah. I don't Anton know why Yelchin. I get them confused. but mm-hmm. Redheads? I don't know. Maybe. Resident Alien was the TV show I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's also in Con Man. He's going to be in the ARC animated series. (laughs) With Vin? With Vin Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't we do a podcast without talking about Vin Diesel? (laughs) Oh, and he was the Tick. Mm. Or he was in the Tick. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, Andrew, pick a number. One through 13. Um, Five. Five. All right, all right. This one should be good. I hope. Andrew, your actor is John DiMaggio. (laughs) Bender from Futurama. (laughs) There's one. Okay. um, Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. That is not one. Oh, man. Really? Well, I'm shook. <sighs> Let's see. Oh, uh, the dog from Adventure Time. An excellent guess, but no, that's not one of his top listed ones. Oh, wow. All These right. are just some terrible choices up here, honestly. Well, this I mean, Futurama's good, but. This guy's been in some stuff. Was he in Rick and Morty? I'm going to just say Rick and Morty. Probably was in Rick and Morty, but it's not up here. All right. Give the other two jabronis a chance and then tell me what garbage is on this list. Because right. Gears of War. Uh, Dylan, any guesses? He's not the karate kid, is he? 
We no. can't hear you. You're not on okay. your mic. He, no, he's not. My the guess was the Karate Kid. kid. <laughs> John Devontae. <laughs> it's like Ralph Machino or something. That's along. right. Like it's You're Italian, right. but not right. no. All right, Joe. <laughs> Ralph Machino. <laughs> It's what? not Al Pacino. It's not <laughs> yeah. Al Pacino. Um, Disenchanted? Yes. King Zog. Really? Disenchanted. That was up there. Wow. The other two were Mythic Quest and Historical Roasts. Don't know what that one is. Mythic All Quest. The- I want to His- watch, but historical, I didn't know who was in it. Historical Roasts is like drunk history, right? Yeah. To some extent. Okay. Yeah, looks like it. And Mythic Quest is the like always sunny video game show on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll watch it eventually. All right, Joe. Pick a number one through thirteen. Final round. Two. Oh, I forgot to keep score. Who got things? I got uh, it. I Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Joe. Could go any way for you. <laughs> Your actor is Gray Griffin, more commonly known as Gray DeLille. You got that, Joe? Uh, um, Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> no. Teen Titans. Spider Man no. the Animated Series. Uh, Do you know who that is, Joe? No. Well, I think she's been. A- superhero stuff you could ask for like a frame of reference probably from that just say what she's in though i mean yeah. aubrey said that like she'd give reference for some of the more obscure ones didn't she gray yeah. delil is not obscure oh okay. <laughs> we just ah. don't right. know about her yeah okay all right i've, I've heard her name enough i just can't can't tell you what she's in screw you too joe you are uh, on the right track with superhero stuff you're you just guess Marvel and DC, so that's your problem. You're just <laughs> looking at movies or TV shows. <laughs> or, <laughs> instead of what our podcast is about. Arkham Asylum. Books. So close. She's She may have been in it, but that was not on her top listed. So Dylan gets so, a guess? Or, or yes, me? Dylan, Dylan gets a guess. Cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, Spider Man. Which one? The, the like, PlayStation PlayStation game. game? Marvel Spider Man. No. Rugrats. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers. No. Okay. That was the uh, the the wrong superhero franchise. Her top four are. Batman Arkham City, she played Selina Kyle. Okay. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, RC. I don't know. Never saw In, it. Never saw it. <laughs> Injustice, Gods Among Us, she reprises her role as Selina Kyle. So she's a cat woman. And she got, they put When Marnie Was There, which is a Studio Ghibli film, she played a character named Setsu Iowa. Wow, she Jill. Is, most known as Azula in Avatar yeah. Last Airbender. Okay. 
and she now plays Daphne Blake in So that Azula was not in her top four, huh? That's it ridiculous. was not. Neither was Daphne Blake. I would have like gotten like if you, if I would have yeah. heard of her voice, I would have been like, Oh yeah, I've heard yeah. that voice. But I think she was also like Emily Elizabeth and Clifford and She wasn't Wow Wow okay, Wubsy. Yeah. Wow. All right, cool. So what's the score? Well, yeah, what's the score? Are we all still tied. <laughs> no. Uh Dylan eked out a win. What? <laughs> How? Dylan had three, Andrew had two, and Joe had two. Hmm. I'm pretty all sure. Right. It's late. Maybe I kept score wrong. Were were there were there any people that i would have known on the you, list like, was, like Jennif- to, was jennifer like hale on the else? list jennifer hale was yeah. not on the list okay so the list went nolan north gray delil tara strong frank welker can any of you tell me any character fred. frank welker played yes fred, fred and scooby-doo oh since the beginning he has I, always been freddie wow. i've heard you give that fact at multiple <laughs> it's very impressive uh john dimaggio yep henry cavill oh troy baker he just didn't pick six hugh jackman robert downey jr wow we we really (laughs) picked all the ones we were gonna just do terribly on huh Uh, this is this this not to be fair superman well see that's the question though is he known for iron man or is he known for one of the six other like marvel movies he's in like he's what known did they for iron well i mean he's known for like avengers probably he, yeah i was gonna say he's known as iron man but like he was probably endgame is like the thing that's up there so yeah. i bet there's more than one marvel movie up there <laughs> yeah uh so the one i think joe may have been the only one to have a shot at uh jerry jewel nope <laughs> not <laughs> even was- like Kyo in Fruits Basket and Barry the Chopper in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He was also in the Muppet movie, wasn't he? Or is that something else? I have no idea. Yuri Lowenthal. Oh, could have got one of his. Spider-Man. Ryan Reynolds and Alan Tiddick. Deadpool. All right. So, yeah, we guessed a lot of the really obscure, (laughs) more obscure (laughs) ones in that 13. (laughs) Yeah. Oh but boy. Yeah, cool. Good game, Aubrey. Thanks for bringing some, uh, <laughs> whatever some, that was, <laughs> some humor and some like uh, lightheartedness to the end of this episode. I won. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. That means it's your turn to host next week, but that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I just want to say thanks for checking out this episode of Level Playing Field Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, go check out our website, levelplayingfieldgaming.com, where you can find all of our socials, our YouTube channel, and our Patreon. If you want to write in the show directly, feel free to shoot us a message on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com. Big thank you to my co-hosts, Dylan, Joe, and Aubrey. And an even bigger thank you to our listeners and especially our patrons. We sincerely appreciate your support. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Goodbye.